0: Hey budding Lawyers, welcome to the podcast. Today we are going to have a chat with Ms. Bhavya Bhatt and we also have Ritamra. Hey Ritamra, what's up?
1: Hello, hello everyone.
0: Yeah, so Ritamra is going to co-host the podcast and Bhavya Bhatt is our guest uh, for today's episode. Uh, Bhavya is a non-practicing lawyer who is into practice development. Most of us would have heard it for the first time as even I didn't know about it before. She is also into content strategy. Uh, She is a good writer. She has a wonderful blog. You all must check it out. I'll leave the link in the description. And she is a good storyteller. So let's start with the conversation.
2: Hi, guys. great to be here. (laughs)
0: Let's start with you, Bhavya. So tell us something about your work. Um, how, How does a typical day look like for you, like in practice development?
2: well i'd say um practice development for me is all about strategizing strategizing implementing it executing it going back to strategizing and you know ensuring that my team's working and at the end of the day our goal is to just deliver what the client wants so a typical day would be uh, you know in the morning wake up obviously and then um get in touch with the team find out what everybody's up to and uh, plan out the day accordingly and then you know a, accordingly update the client as to the deliverable would be given here and there so i'd say practice development is just not about uh, you know um, about building the practice it has more to do with what the client wants and how exactly he wants to build the practice so when i say practice it's just not the litigation practice or the corporate practice i say this is a business practice you know how would he want to grow and how would he want to maximize his profits? How would he onboard clients? How would he pitch himself to the clients? You know, a lot to do with branding and then creating strategies accordingly and marketing themselves further. So there's a lot of ideation. There's a lot of discussion that goes into the place. I mean, as a freelancer, you know, people might just think that you just start your work, do your work, and that's about that. But then a lot of conversations happen in place because I want my strategies to be as per what you know, the other person might want. So again, the whole day is just calls, 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 strategy. But again, there's a peace of mind because, you know, you're not working under somebody, right? So you have that peace of mind where you know that you can take decisions according to what you feel is right. So for me, this is very important. And this pretty much is how the day looks like for me.
1: As you've told, you're into practice development. So basically, we can say it's, it is a business development. Like, See, Yeah, I mean, that, that is very awesome. yes, yes, yes. So
2: business development and practice development. I mean, to me, what I've deciphered when I think about practice development is how, you know, you're also contributing to the internal policies of the firm to ensure that internal operations are working well. So they can, you know, it, it can kind of reflect on your practice that is on the outside. Because if your lawyers, if your employees are going through, you know, something that is uh, that is not really fine, especially when it comes to a lot of law firm policies, you know, everything is unorganized here and there. So if internally you're not organized enough, no matter how good a brand you may have, you will fall down. So you know the whole the whole thing, what I decipher from practice development is that you ensure that internally and externally, you know, you're balancing it. And for me, when I have worked with, you know, a couple of law firms and legal professionals, it's easier for me to tell them that, hey, I think this is where, you know, you're supposed to sort it out internally. And this is how it is going to reflect on your external brand or, you know, your presence. So this, I'd say, is, is what happens according to me and what I've been doing.
1: So as you said, you're doing things freelance, like you're, you're doing yeah. freelancing bit and now, so yeah. I would want to ask, how would you advise young professionals? Like, how should they go about the journey, like start their journey, like build a brand on LinkedIn, like have a blog like you do? Like, what would See, you suggest?
2: I'd say it's, it's not really a one day game, you know, like they say Rome wasn't built in a day. So for me, it took me five years to reach in a place where, you know, I guess Prasanna saw my profile and felt like I might add value. So for me, when I started my personal brand, I did not know what personal branding was. I just did it because people liked what I wrote. And it was, I guess, two years later that I realized, okay, I have a value and a worth, which is way more than what anybody else can think of me. And, you know, that's when I heavily started investing on myself, on my personal brand, wrote stories, very unfiltered, you know, raw experiences from law school, even from my workplaces and everything. So I think at the end of the day, if you're able to find out what your USP is, because everybody, everything in this world has a USP. And in today's world, if you're able to crack that USP of yours, it becomes very easy for you to place your bet for yourself there. And for young, you know, law students and law professionals, I receive messages on a daily basis based on the stories and everything that I write on LinkedIn, where they ask me, how did you end up doing this? Or, you know, how can we earn money as a freelancer and this and that? So to them, they just think about one thing that they like. And that's about that. But then if you're relying on somebody else's experiences to carve out a niche for yourself, it's not going to work out because what worked out for me might not work out for you. You have different, you know, things to offer. You have a different skill set. So I'd say for everybody and for every law student, having your brand is very important while branding is important. You need to understand what is it that you offer. Not everybody can be a content writer, you know, not everybody. Can, uh, can just go out there and do graphic designing. I mean, I don't like it and I don't do graphic designing. Not every law student is cut out for a litigation career, you know. So, you need to sit back, analyze what you want to do, expose yourself to a variety of domains and then start, you know, focusing on that particular thing and start building your brand. So, for everybody who wants to start off or whatever, all I'd want to say is first you need to know what is it that really interests you. For that, you need to explore. You know, you really can't see the whole world from the window that you're sitting in. You need to go out there. And that applies everywhere. And once you have that, you start talking about it. LinkedIn, for me and for everybody, I say is a plain canvas. Every day, you can draw a new painting through worlds. And sometimes people might say what are you writing this that this that but even if it's able to add value to just one person your work is done that's how a brand i'd say that's how a you know long term brand is made so once you get that you start your blog it's very easy peasy wordpress is free you know for beginners start writing you know pen out your experiences let the world know because you live only once you get only one chance for the world to, you know, to know that you exist. So you might as well just make good Most use of, of, of exactly. So I guess this worked for me and this, this has been working for a lot of my mentees. So this can work out for a lot of others as well.
0: I so think
1: if, as you said, I think Please go.
0: I can, we, we, we can just cut out this part and law students can listen to it for daily motivation, right? <laughs> They can. That's why it's very important which you were talking about is uh, getting yourself like that exposure, exploring different domains. And because um, when people, law students, especially when they think about like choosing career, and they're like, I'm confused and I don't know things. Then that's the problem. You don't know things. That's why you have Mm -hmm. to explore. The more you know about different things, then you will come to know that, okay, these are the things I'm good at. These are my skills. These are my weaknesses. And then you can figure out what to do and whatnot.
2: And the worst part I'd say, you know, right now, what I've witnessed is just recently I posted a story about how I decided of choosing to do MSc in international business from like a UK Mm -hmm. university. And, you know, I, I actually put that story out. So, so, so law students can know that MBA is not the end solution to your business, you know, centering dreams. Funnily, mm-hmm. I see people who just graduates, fourth year, fifth years, even final, even, you know, law, law graduates saying, okay, I think I may want to do this because I'm, I don't have a job right now. You think I can get, I, you, you think MSA in international business is easy? Or, you know, I think I'm interested in business since I don't have a job. Can I pursue this? So I was like, you don't have to pursue this because you have, no sol- you, you have no other option. You know, it's very sad that people pursue LLM these days as a solution to a job, which is very funny because I see people from Colombia also sitting jobless because I was in recruitment and I used to see very nice CVs, but sadly their condition was that they were jobless. So, you know, masters in today's world is not a solution unless and until you're absolutely passionate with what you want to do. And right now I see the passion is dead in law students. They are just competing with the number of certificates they can hold while they can intern. And then, you know, after that, they want to post it on LinkedIn saying, I interned here. Again, there's a whole competition about tier one firms. Everybody wants to work there. I understand why. But are you passionate of it? Just because everybody is doing, everybody wants to do it. It's basically like a, you know, herd mentality that has just, I'd say, come up on everybody, which is very sad because this thing was there when I was in law school, but it wasn't as prevalent. So I guess I was at that advantage where you know I got a chance to explore. Because right now I see everybody is just going crazy over what everybody else is doing. Nobody seeing within themselves and realizing what their true you know
1: potential is, even as a law graduate. But I am asking, just say you've said that you people who are into litigation and then they come and say, hey, I want to switch to corporate. But can they not? Like, of course, you have already switched it, a lot of. Yeah. See,
2: that's what I'm telling you so uh, switching from a lit to corporate is 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 easy all i'm saying is that the way they pitch themselves you know everything them. that yeah so everything they they write about themselves on the cv is very litigation centric so anybody who is looking for a corporate you know a, a lawyer does not see the value that you might add and even in a cover letter you're just like i am working in this high court and i wish to you know work in your esteemed organization where is the value? So, unless and until you know you are able to create a value, nothing can happen. You might have an amazing experience. You might be one hell of a lawyer, but mm-hmm. unless and until you don't know where you stand with your skill set, unless and until you don't know what your skills are, nothing is going to happen. So, opportunities are there. Dearth the of opportunities is not there. But understanding of where everybody stands is not there. And I've seen this with my own peers where they're like, "Oh, even we want to try, you know, business development." Because I think litigation is not working for me. And when I ask them for the CVs, everything is litigation centric. So I understand you've not done anything, you know, with regard to business development, but maybe you can, you know, not go very hard selling on your litigation experience and just mellow it down, right? Because that's where you want to pitch yourself. Even, even for me, my CV had nothing to do with business. But slowly, slowly with the courses that I took, you know, with the things that I started doing, my CV is now full, you know, business side of the law CV and nothing to do with litigation or corporate. So people need to understand, look look within themselves and then make their CV. So I think a lot of factors... Are, are there in the whole career switches and you know career transitions and stuff
1: so what would you suggest like if a person wants to switch from litigation to corporate or maybe say business development so like how should that person pitch himself or herself
2: see the only thing that they can they can you know say is that we are interested and that, you know, we are passionate. I mean, these are the only things that, I mean, I, I really can't say from a litigation to corporate because I do not have like the any, corporate like Any career, career switch, like yeah. how so can I if
1: It's have experience.
2: Yeah, so for all the, for so based on the people I've interacted with who are in the legal and they want to move to business development, how passionate are you is important, right? Because when I talk to people, their CVs might not have anything. Honestly, their CVs are very, you know, plain with their litigation experience, high court, this and that. But then the way they talk about, you know, the business side of it, the way they say that, I think, you know, this could work out in this way. The minute they start strategizing is when you realize they might have it in themselves. They just don't know yet. So, you know, for me, conversations are important. Are important. I mean, I really don't see the CV of a person and be like, hey, you don't have experience. Of course, nobody has experience in the business development Know, business development side of the law right now so you're supposed to look beyond that talk to the talk to people and ask why why is it that they're interested what really has been you know their that they're calling for business development and for me these conversations kind of give me the answers of whether they're truly passionate about it or not and many a times many people are genuinely passionate so sometimes cv is just a medium through you know medium for another conversation which kind of either breaks it or makes it. And for me, whoever I've interacted with, you know, from like a law to business development, all I've, all I can understand, all I have, you know, kind of deciphered is that they genuinely are interested to learn because that's how exciting this particular thing is. So the minute you're excited, passionate, and you know, you, you have it in you when you start talking, like you're strategizing is what makes it for me. So for me, this is how the process has been so far. I
0: think this business side of law It's not introduced much to law students. So most of us don't know about it. So uh, especially because we don't have uh, such conversations in law schools. Uh, And even the faculty is interested to uh, explore uh, the students to this field. So um, and and that's the reason why students fail in, you know, conversing, in pitching uh, for that particular opportunity, even for law students, like individual lawyers or law firms. And the same goes when they are trying to get clients. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: So, um, so how would you advise uh, lawyers who like are trying to build their practice, trying to get clients uh, on, in like, on terms of their branding and marketing, how should they pitch and what all things they should uh, take care of?
2: See, branding and marketing are, you know, they have a little bit of a difference so once you're once once you understand the difference between the two is when you're in a better position to pitch yourself so you know first step that comes i'd say from a legal point legal industry point of view is branding and then marketing so branding is who you are marketing is you know you're Project you're aware yeah so you're 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 um, creating awareness about who you are. So you know, it it is fairly easier for non-legal product services and all to mainly hire a celebrity or an influencer and create that brand. So branding is this is secondary. But then when we are in the legal industry, we just can't go out there and you know say, hey, take services from us with this with that. We can't do that. So for us, it's absolutely important the market to know us, and for the market to know us is where the brand comes. And how can lawyers actually end up, you know, to a place where they're able to pitch themselves is by creating their brand. Because if to, if today people know me as Bhavya, it's because you know you you type Bhavya Bhart on LinkedIn, and probably I'm the I'm the second or the third or maybe even the first person that you know flashes flashes. And then when they go through everything is, you know, when they realize, okay, this is something that I can offer. So I am not really, you know, out there asking for work, but Mm -hmm. my profile has been built in a way where, you know, people can come and they see what I'm doing. And if they see that I add value to it, they will approach me. So the whole game over here, I'd say is on LinkedIn. There are, there is no other platform as important as and and as integral you know to a lawyer than that of linkedin because it is here that the whole world can watch you if you you know take the right steps for me right now i don't think the whole of the world knows me but i know that tomorrow if i continue doing what i'm doing i will be in a position where you know more people might know me, and it's just a little thing so for the past four years that i've been freelancing it's still today, I've never really had the chance to pitch myself to somebody say, I think I want to do this because everybody from the front have come and texted me, hey, would you want to collaborate? You know, would you want to, would you want to work? We're looking for somebody, you know, to do this, to do that. So at the end of the day, you have to reach a place where you're not even pitching yourself, but you're pitching yourself, you know. So I think reaching that point is very important. and. To do that, you need to understand where you come from, who you are. Unless until you don't know who you are, you will not be able to tell the world who you are, right? Because you need that clarity. And for me, I never really saw myself as a litigator. I never saw myself as a corporate lawyer. So I needed to figure out who I was. And it took me two years. Today, I can confidently say that, yes business side of the law and practice development and digital marketing brand building website you know content writing and everything is me but it took me two years it takes time to reach where you are so you know one can't really start off writing on LinkedIn today and assume that tomorrow I will have 10,000 followers in a day and you know I will get these many likes and I will get featured in interviews and all it's a process so once you break down that process for yourself is when you will be in a position to pitch your services even as a lawyer to people and that is when people will come to you because today gone are the days when people will just randomly come to you by word of mouth even by word of mouth they will first do a deep dive into your profile find out who you are and then come to you so i think that that brand creation is very important and It is right when in law school, when you've got to start this. So, you know, you're in your law school and then gradually you move out of law school and you have your networks. This is what happened with me. I started off in the second year and by the fifth year, I had a good amount of followers. I knew people who would, you know, who who would support me. And in fact, all my jobs, three jobs so far have been offered through LinkedIn and I never, and I didn't pitch, it came. If you're able to do that, no, that 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 is, I guess, the point for you where growth will not stop. Success might come late, but growth will not stop.
0: This this is a good strategy for um for getting a job or you know, uh, if you are into business as you were saying, but while uh getting clients, uh there will be a different strategy. So how would you advise law students for that?
2: See, for law students right now, there are, there are two, three ways, you know, by which one can actually end up getting clients. One is attach yourself to a brand and, you know, start networking through their brand. I mean, by brand, I say a law firm, let's say tier two, tier one, mid tier, whatever, you know, if the law firm has a name, if you attach yourself to the name, people will know you through that name and not through you, which has been working out for people. So, this is one way of, you know, creating your clientele where you're interacting with people in the courts and, you know, getting clients for the law firms because they see that, oh, you represent that law, that law firm. They don't see who you are. They see where you work and that's how you get business. So, you mm-hmm. know, one way could be this where you attach yourself to a brand. Another way would be where, you know, you're out there as an independent person and he, you, you first want to know what you're offering out there. You know, see your experience or, you know, your interest is towards criminal, civil. But then over there, you're just not pitching the right way because you have no idea what goes into criminal and civil. What will you post about? You know, even when it comes to the website, I get, I, I'd say website you know, for, for law firms are very important law firms and lawyers, even independent lawyers should have a blog at least where, you know, they're talking about whatever is going through, you know, where they're analyzing judgments and saying that, okay, this is what has happened there. And I think according to me, this is what it is. The minute people start resonating with your thoughts, the people start, you know, the minute people start analyzing why you're said, why you're saying this and they start accepting and agreeing to what you've said is another way of getting, tomorrow a ceo of like a let's say a startup or a founder like a founder of a startup sees your thoughts on startups and the realities behind it why will the startups uh, founder not come to you right? right so you're supposed to pitch yourself knowing the audience like over here if suppose your your niche that you want to develop hmm. is startup practice and you're not writing anything about startup practice in your profile. You're not advertising. I wouldn't say advertising because, you know, again, it's a wrong mm-hmm. term for our legal industry. But you're pitching yourself not via startup centric things, but random what is mergers and acquisitions. Are startup people will not know this because they need to know the integral part of startups and the legal structures behind, right? So why will a startup founder come to you? So you need to break it down to points. And to break it down to points, you first need to know what it is that you want to do. Who are you and who are you pitching yourself to? So LinkedIn can help out with everything right now. And as I'm saying this, because my peers have started writing about, you know, latest judgments, this and that. And a few independent, I'd say people, have come up to them and asked them if they can help them out, you know, with, with like a legal issue. And that's
1: how they've had closures of clients also.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: before making yourself a brand, like you should dis-, dis decide on a niche. Yeah, exactly.
2: And in today's time, I see I see a lot of law firms. You know, even e- even I'd say mid tier or new law firms. Let's say they're like we're a full service law firm. But the problem with a full service, yeah the problem with a full service law firm is uh, you know what I've what I've understood is that who who says no to money, right? They want money. So to get more money, they're like, we'll do everything for you. Even if they don't have a team for it, even if they don't have an expertise. But Mm. you know what happens is that you're not able to do full justice to the job and you end up losing more than getting more. So for Mm. me, I think niche is very important and that is why if you see a couple of law firms who are very boutique in nature you know very very niche focused are the ones who are excelling when it you know whether it's with media and entertainment or whether it's with core m a or whether it's with only general corporate or full you know or full uh, i'd say full litigation or whatever so building your niche is very important and once you build your niche i guess the work's done for you there's nothing else that, that can stop you from, you know, growing and building your clientele and everything else.
1: If a person who practice, who takes independent cases, I'm sure initially he cannot, one cannot pick a niche. You just take what you get in the start. Yeah. Because also you have yeah. to sustain yourself. Yeah. So if, say, I want to build a build a brand on LinkedIn or say start a blog, like, how would you break that down for me? Like, stepwise. Like, should I just start writing on LinkedIn on things I'm interested in? Or should I start writing on things I'm going through? Like, with the cases, with the kind of cases I'm handling. Because there's See, one I thing think... I'm doing and one thing where I want yeah. to go.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think striking a balance, you know, is very important. Because for the world to know what you're doing, they need to know where you're coming from. And that's why disregarding whatever you've been doing does not make sense, you know, in order for you to go out there and try something else. But then mm. it's equally important to let the world know and let everybody know for this matter that, you know, you are interested in it. Because I guess right now, all of us have different personalities, even within ourselves, where our passion is something else, our interest is something else, and the work that we're doing is completely something else. Mm. But then You know, that does not mean that you cannot pursue your passion on LinkedIn and, you know, show to the world that you're interested in, let's say, fintech, you know. So you might not have the experience of being a fintech lawyer, but that does not stop you or that does not deter you from talking about fintech-related regulations and, you know, all the things that have been happening. So when people out there, when, you know, companies out there see and read your perspective on various fintech laws, they will not care what you are doing. They will want you to be working with them because they resonate with you. So I think striking a balance is very important over here where, you know, it's absolutely easy. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's too easy, but then if you have that right strategy where, you know, you know what and which kind of audience you want to talk to, the content automatically is is, is there and all you have to do is talk about it. That's what I've been helping. I mean, for me right now as a freelancer, it makes more sense for me to be working with individual lawyers more than you know you these mid-tier, tier 1, tier 2 law firms because they're already there. And honestly, we're at this point where nothing is really impossible. Even for an individual lawyer, it is very easy to make their brand in a way where they pitch themselves according to any niche that they want to, irrespective of what they've been doing. It's because I have seen litigators doing arbitration litigation and stuff dispute resolution you know to be to to have a cumulative idea and then they're writing about fintech on linkedin so people over there know him as also a fintech expert you know and that's how editors see you and that's how reporters of various newspapers magazines journals see you and then you know the minute they see you and the minute they read your thoughts they like it they want to feature you they want to publish your articles and the process just becomes easy and in no time you are a fintech expert and you had no experience in fintech you know litigation or anything so i've seen this happening and that is why first having a clarity in of who you are and what you want to do is important and once you get that content is what really saves everybody this you know in in this in this, this age i feel this
0: is an important point but the thing is, you know, uh, people think about these things and they just keep on thinking about these things, uh, these questions like mm-hmm. strategy and what to do, how to do and stuff. Right. And they yeah. don't start. Okay. Yeah. So in the content field, if you want to do something, the main thing is you start whatever uh, you will feel that you are not ready. You will feel that you don't know much, but that's, that's fine because everyone who starts doesn't, it's not an expert from day one. I'm sure right, uh, right. even when Bhavya started writing, uh, she would have, you know, procrastinated writing like a few days or months, something like that. Is it? Is it, I, was still it like that?
2: I still do it because right now I'm seeing everybody, you know, take LinkedIn down in a way where they're like, everybody's talking about motivation. It has become the next Sadhguru. <laughs> you know, everybody mm-hmm. wants to become Angkor Variku. And I have had my own friends tell me this, Ki, kitna aata, what is this? Yeah, It feels like I am just listening to, you know, Sanskar channel on on LinkedIn because everybody's mm-hmm. talking about their motivational things. And that's so obviously for me also, I still, till today, have thoughts. And mm. it's because of these thoughts that I'm not able to write every day. Because mm. I've seen people writing every day and they're acing their game. But for me, I'm I'm still, you know, reluctant. So for me to come from a point where I was so reluctant to a point where I'm a little reluctant, but I also have that thing in my head that they're all stupid, they don't know what I'm talking about. So you know, it takes a lot of guts to honestly just be out there, and that is why mm-hmm. I know everybody. Everybody wants who who doesn't want their brand. You know, if today I tell my friends, "Come, I'll help you build your brand," they will give me their LinkedIn, you know, credentials and be like, "We'll pay you. Just do it." So. It's that easy for everybody to, you know, kind of build their brand. And I know half the people on LinkedIn aren't really writing them stuff themselves. Mm -hmm. The ghostwriters are doing it for them. But it's working out for them, no? So, Mm -hmm. see, it's not necessary that you have to start writing it. Take somebody else and let them write it for you. I have ghostwritten for so many people. So, you know, it's like that your will of being somewhere should be there, how you do it, there are gazillion solutions to it. And people like us exist for a reason, like, you know, ghostwriters.
0: Yeah. And I think it's not about only writing. So you can, yeah. pick any, like, you just have to put out something, make some product, yeah. make something like yeah. it may, maybe a text yeah. post, it may be a tweet, a thread, it right. may be a small videos. I've seen like, a few lawyers who are on Instagram, they just focus on Instagram Reels. They just small videos. Exactly. Exactly. start with something, whichever suits you, whichever you think is good for you, uh, you can do it better. If you think you are not good at writing, you are doing good at, you know, making videos or speaking on, on maybe a podcast also, a small like audio. If you're not uh, comfortable in front of the camera, you can start go with audio. So there yeah. are multiple uh, opportunities. You just have to think on what uh, you have to do and just start. Exactly. So starting is the very is
1: very important. Yes, exactly. The so thought has to uh, go
2: on, please. No, all I was saying was that the thought has to be there to start off. Because there Mm. are people like us who are there at every juncture to, you know, kind of help them out and maybe even do stuff for them, not just the writing bit, but I know a lot of video editors out there, you know, I know graphic designers who design all these fancy posts for lawyers and law firms. So Mm. people are there. They just have to know why they're doing what they're doing in the start-off.
1: Then in addition to picking a niche in terms of which law to practice, we also have to, Pick up platform for us. Maybe it yeah. can be LinkedIn, Insta, Twitter. So do you think
2: yeah. picking a platform also helps? See, it depends on what audience it is that you're targeting. Because you know, targeting. for these, yeah. Because every audience. Uh, when I talk about uh, Facebook, is just I guess out of the picture because you know a lot of art. I mean, my parents are there. Like only they use the Facebook to <laughs> share on motivational posts and this and that. Mm-hmm. So I think. Cutting Facebook out with a picture. Right now, you know, yes, lawyers use Instagram, lawyers use Twitter, lawyers use LinkedIn. But then the audience is very different. So YouTube also is something that lawyers have started taking up these days mm-hmm. because they want to talk about the um, recent cases or they want to, you know, kind of brief the people about their rights and this and that or they want to teach people about CPC, CRPC. So there are so many mediums, but you need to have that understanding of what each platform offers and who it offers to. So once you have that clarity, it becomes easier for you to know where you want to pitch yourself. Like for me, I want to pitch myself on LinkedIn. I don't think IG is for me because I can barely maintain my Instagram. How will I maintain whatever that I'm doing? And Twitter, I don't know. I just use use Twitter to rant on whatever I've been going through, you know, via the roads and the planes and stuff. So Mm -hmm. for me, LinkedIn is
1: what I feel is feasible. Actually, I wanted to ask Like Bhavya initially mentioned like you should know what is your USP, right? Like, I would want to ask, what do you think is your USP? And how can everybody else, you know, find out what 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 are their strengths? Right.
2: See, for me, I think my USP is my storytelling and my writing. Because, and how I've, I've, you know, gotten to this point where I can very, without any doubts, you know, and very confidently say that it has to do with my writing and the way, you know, I narrate things. That's the whole storytelling bit of it is because right when I was in fourth grade, I used to write poems and stories. And, you know, there was my English teacher who said, you know, you can become a writer. And that thing did stick by with me. And I ensured that, you know, I don't stop writing. So right now, when people resonate with whatever I've been saying, whether it's with my law school experiences or whether it's with, you know, my workplace experiences or whether it's with anything normal when it comes to mental health and all. The way I write is what makes an impression out there. Everybody can write, Now you know letters, you know words, all you have to do is put it in a sentence and put it out there. But then the way you write and narrate is very important and that is where my USP lies because these stories and everything that I put on LinkedIn are very honest and very unfiltered, you know, right from my defamation stories to what I've been, you know, feeling in my terms of mental health, anxiety, therapies, everything. Is so unfiltered and raw that people like to read it and that's where my USP is. I can pitch and I have that storytelling thing in me and I know I can write. And, you know, it's taken me a lot of years to reach to a point where I can say this out loud. Probably in the next upcoming years, I might also say that, you know, my USP is build, helping others build brand because, that is, this, because this is something that I've done for myself. And, you know, it's through trial and error, trial and error for the past five years that I've reached to a point where I can rely on my brand.
1: So I was reading one of your interviews in which you said you started your LinkedIn thing in 2017. Yeah. You did. Yeah. So I would want to ask how much time does it take to build that kind of traction that you have now? And how consistent you should be with it? See,
2: honestly, I have not been consistent. I mean, my whole last year, it was so, you know, the the whole second last year, uh, of the year, the second part of the year, uh, two thousand twenty-one, and then the first half of this year, twenty twenty-two. I was not posting regularly. I was hardly interacting with people. In fact, my profile views had come to two digits, whereas you know it used to be in four digits. So that really affected me in a way because I was like, what am I doing? Why am I not doing it? But then everything affected me so much because see, for me, I know that in the past five years that I've reached fourteen thousand followers, it's only because of my true experiences. So Does
1: it take consistency? To reach Absolutely.
2: To that level. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah. have to because, um, for me, I've noticed in Jan alone, like, you know, Jan, Feb, March, when I used to post on Jan every day, I had my profile views high, my engagement rate was high, and then for seven months, I hardly posted stuff, so you know, everything came down. And the thing is that LinkedIn algorithm, I feel, starts pushing your post down if you're not active, so you know, you need to regularly engage in comments, likes, and connection requests and you need to follow people because the minute that
0: goes off, yeah. And that's not only with LinkedIn. It's like for every social media, platform. same for YouTube. I I am running this channel and, uh, like there have been, uh, I, I used to post one video per week when I started, but then a few things happened and I stopped uploading videos like, uh, one or two months. And then there was a drastic decrease in the views. Uh, and the, yeah, uh, follow, no. like subscribers it
2: happens. Yeah, it happens I think it also happens offline you know you go out there hmm. and people hmm. don't know it who does. you are you have to restart right so your consistency is everywhere even in terms of what you eat you know the workout that you do everything that you're doing from day to day if you're not consistent it's gonna go down hmm. anyhow hmm. it's very important being consistent especially on LinkedIn very very important
0: and it's very difficult to
2: ask me. It is <laughs> very difficult.
0: <laughs> okay, so the last question mm-hmm. of this episode. Please share some incident from your career which is very very
2: memorable to you. Actually, yeah, I I think um you know how I how I came to terms with business, with practice development is very. I wouldn't say funny, but I was like, maybe it was, you know, meant to happen like that. Because when I graduated, nah, I wanted to become a cyber lawyer. No mm-hmm. intention of entering this side because I was like, does it even exist? You know, like you said, law schools, may they don't teach you all of this. Nobody knows that this thing is there or whatever. So I was working with a tech startup called Bot Matrix, and they had their uh, product called Legal Bots for the legal industry. So it's basically mm-hmm. a career portal. And um, we were out there talking to a lot of law firms, you know, to just say that, you know, maybe you would want to try. And they mistook it for, for developing their practice. They thought we are ready to help mm-hmm. them with that, you know, growth and business development. And they were like, can you get somebody from your organization to sit in our work and you know, like kind of organize everything. And I was like, is this even something that we can do? Like, I was genuinely curious as a law graduate that this is interesting. I mean, I would for sure want to arrange everything. I would want to organize everything and stuff. But is it possible in a law firm? Because I had no, I had no idea. And that's when I understood that growth managers or practice development professionals is a thing. And I wanted to, I wanted to work with this particular uh, lawyer, because he was very heavily, you know, relying on how he would want somebody to manages internal practice brand visibility business development everything and i wanted to do it but i was working with my tech startup i was like it's it's you know we're out there doing something with a different product we can't do this so it was then when i understood oh this is a nice thing that i want to pitch and then after i left bot matrix i explored this so much that I was like, it's great that I, you know, was in that meeting, surprisingly, I was not supposed to be in that meeting also. I just happened to be in that meeting where we were talking to that law firm. And it's from that day till today, or let's say till last year when I was absolutely sure, I used to read upon so much, how do you organize law firms, you know, what is the problems that go inside law firms, and the whole HR bit of it, the internal policies, important policies and everything. So I think this, this particular incident, right, where I by chance, stumbled upon growth managers and practice development was just, this just changed the whole game for me. Because had this not happened, I probably would have been doing business development, but not in the legal industry, because I didn't know that legal industry needed something of this sort ever. So I think this was one thing that really changed my whole game. So you know, you're supposed to just be there, explode, you never know what chance at, you know, at, at what juncture you might just stumble upon something that could just change your life and your career. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> that was a great conversation. Yeah, sure. uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, do you have anything Nitamra, or Bhavya? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to add something?
2: Not really. I mean, at the end of the day, all I want for is more people to enter this field because You know, as much as I've heard people say that you don't need lawyers in marketing, I think there are no better professionals than lawyers for the legal industry to do anything, to do anything. We can do everything. And when I see marketers out there, you know, non-law marketers, they're like, I don't think lawyers are cut off for this. I take it personally, because I'm like, anybody can do it. Because Mm -hmm. I think lawyers are fit everywhere. We read between the lines, you know, we have, we have that, that, that thing where we can negotiate, we can close, we can, and then we know how to manipulate him to a level where, you know, because I mean, come on, we're lawyers at the end of the day and all our mood courts and research papers and everything has they've they've trained us to be like this. Mm -hmm. I think the minute, you know, lawyers understand that this is something that is very, very integral to a law firm, that'd be great because I surely want to add more people to my team in the upcoming years. <laughs> and
0: I think that that's, uh, uh, obviously a lawyer who does the marketing of a law firm or, or, or an individual lawyer would be better than a non-lawyer does the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
2: I mean, you know, because I, I, I really feel like ha, engineers can go out there and, you know, with the B.Tech degree, they can do marketing, they can do this. Everybody's like, yeah, you can do it. Why aren't people doing it for B.A., people or L.L.B. people? I mean, we, if anything at all, we have one extra year, you know, of, of being in a law school. So we are cut off for anything. And in my previous, you know, a job also i did hear uh, you know a couple of people say that they don't want to work with lawyers because they feel you know lawyers are better off doing legal work and leave it to marketers the thing is that unless and until you don't understand who you're working with and you know who are those people how will you ever market yourself because non-law industry marketing is very easy compared to legal industry marketing because there's so many restrictions and you know, um, uh, barriers at every juncture that you need to talk to lawyers at the end of the day. You're talking to lawyers. You know, you are a part of the legal system. How can you completely disregard lawyers and the whole legal system and work in a legal system and say, we don't want to work with lawyers. I want somebody else, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand expertise is one thing where, you know, you feel like somebody with a marketing degree is better cut off. But I mean, when engineers can do this, why can't we do it? You know this is this is a something that i very heavily heavily believe in that we as lawyers as law graduates have the power to do anything in today's time i mean i know so many entrepreneurs who are doing amazing things in fact the, the founder of sleepy owl i think is a lawyer mm-hmm. Um and um you know i i can give you gazillion examples so i know that we we'll cut off to do anything but for that we need to take the first step and not be scared and just go out there and do it because we're actually, I guess the, the thing for lawyers is that we are in a profession where everything's limitless. We can do it if we want to do it.
1: So yeah. I think I'm very think hopeful gonna... about it. Where yeah. the practice development bit is going, but I've seen a lot of people either venturing into it or, and yeah. also everybody wants to market their practice today. Yeah. And I mean people that heavily almost... invested on LinkedIn.
2: Especially independent lawyers these days, by the way. Yeah, and you never know, I might be writing for a few of them. Of course. <laughs> so,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, that was a great conversation. Thanks Bhavya and thanks Itambhra for joining us. Um, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like this episode, do check out other episodes available here and follow us here so that you don't miss out a
1: new episode. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.